what's up what's up y'all welcome back to another black hair care no chaser and so earlier today i had this great idea of what i wanted to talk with y'all about and guess what i have forgotten it so let's think about some things i'm gonna pretend that you can respond and i'm giving you a couple of options should we talk about hair and working out Should we talk about the new book I've been reading slash listening to because I can't focus? Should we talk about hair and dating? Because all three of these things are a big part of my life right now. And when I list them like that, it actually sounds like I have a life. But in real life, I do not. I am a parent and a business owner. And that's literally it. It's not that exciting. So... I think I heard you. I think you guys said you wanted to talk about the book that I have been reading because let's be honest, sis has more of a life than I do. Um, the book is called Bad Fat Black Girl by Cecily Bowen. And oh, I'm sorry. It's Bad Fat Black Girl Notes from a Trap Feminist by Cecily Bowen. When I tell y'all, I have never read a book that I felt like was my new best friend as much as this one. She's my new best friend because um, she's black and she says she's fat and she is a trap feminist, which I didn't really know was a thing. And even when I read the front of the book, I was like, hmm, what is that? And like, I didn't necessarily think that the definition would fit me in any kind of way I just I had no idea what it was right but um as I was reading or listening to the book I was like damn sis is me like how does she have such similar experiences as I did coming of age as I did you know coming into your body in some ways I think her growth into her body was a little bit smoother than mine maybe sort of kind of maybe like Um, From what I understand from her book, she's always been plus size and she's pretty much accepted that from a young age and felt fairly confident in it. Right. But she had some issues with the way that the rest of the world treated plus sizes. That's not necessarily my story. So I've been thicker, but I haven't always been plus size. And now looking back at my pictures, I was not necessarily huge by any span of the word, right? Of course, I didn't fit that BMI that the doctor tells you about. I don't know whose body that's made for, but it ain't the average black girls. So according to that thing, I've always been obese. But if you look at my pictures, clearly I was not obese. I wasn't out of shape. Like I wasn't anything unhealthy. Not to say that fat is necessarily unhealthy. But anyway, you you get what I'm saying. The other thing that I differ from Cecily was... I did not necessarily have the inherent confidence in my body, no matter what it looked like. So even in my younger days where I was a a bit more naturally fit and I was not overweight, didn't have a layer of insulation, these things that I now have, I still looked at my body as if somehow it was doing me a disservice, as if somehow it was not the right shape, it was not the right size or amount and all these other things. Where Cecily was kind of like, listen, I'm built like this. It is what it is. Either you're going to like it or you don't. And what she realized is a lot of people actually found her body, however it was shaped, to be attractive. 
And when I look back on my childhood and young adulthood, nobody really, well, how do I want to say it? I'm not going to say nobody because that would sound really, really like egotistical, right? But I didn't have a shortage of people who were attracted to my body, the same body that was constantly condemning and saying wasn't right enough. And I don't even know what quote unquote right was. Like I didn't aspire to look like models because I felt like they um, like the models on the major runways, right? Because I felt like that was unrealistic. I felt like that was a, a bit too small for me. But at the same time, I had friends that were close to their size. And whenever I hung out with them, I felt like I was massive. And I felt like I didn't belong in the world. Please don't. Please don't ask me why I felt like this. Because I cannot quite make sense of it. But anyway, that's what I felt like. Okay, so... We fast forward some, I had a kid, body goes through all these changes, hormones go up and down. I gained weight, I lost weight, I gained weight, and now I'm at a fluffier size, right? And when I order clothes, they got a couple extra letters in them. And I'm like, listen, girl, you cannot continue going through life judging your body solely off of the size, like the number in your pants or the amount of letters in your shirt, When you had less letters in your shirt, you still had negative feelings about your body. You didn't enjoy that body. You can look back at pictures and say you wish you had that body all you want to, but you didn't enjoy it when you had it. So what the fuck? Are you going to enjoy the one that you have now? Because for all intents and purposes, it's still a good body. Like she still does what the hell she's supposed to do. She walk, she talk, like she gets the job done. And again, there's still no shortage of people who are attracted to your current body. Actually, that's half the problem, right? Because there are many people who are expressing to you that they're attracted to your body and so much so they're forgetting that you're a whole human that might have a brain and interest and like a soul and something other than just the body with a vulva attached to it, right? So clearly this body ain't stopping nothing. Your brain is. Can we work on it? So yeah, that's been a process. I've been working on that. But as I was reading the book, the other thing that came up was like, Cecily was talking about her um, sexuality and how she grew into it or grew up with it, I should say, because she never seemed like she was not into it. So she went through the standard, like you find out bits and pieces of information from here and there and probably places that your parents didn't expect you to find the information. Right. But she had the luxury and I'm gonna call it a luxury. I don't know if it really was, but she had the luxury of working in a gynecologist's office. Well, she actually wasn't working. Her mother was working, but you know, childcare is expensive. And so mom brought her to the office while mom was working. And that subsequently meant that she got to run little errands throughout the office. And in that, she would see posters, she would read all the pamphlets, she would read all the books, anything that came in, she was reading about it. And not only that, she got to. <laughs> ear hustle on all the women that came to the clinic and their stories and what they were doing to take care of their body or you know maybe sometimes they had not taken the best care or who was getting to experience their body and in what ways they were getting to experience these women's bodies and like were these women giving birth to children were they choosing not to give birth were they having same um gender sex were they having you know, sex with the opposite gender or something in between. So anyway, she got like an earful basically as she was coming up. 
And she says that she has always been quote unquote fast. So if you're a part of the black community or you have black friends, you know what fast means. It basically means that like little girls that are interested or show too much interest or for some reason, black folks will call a little girl fast if her body develops too early. Um which a lot of our bodies do. So it doesn't mean that she actually has to be interested in sex. She just might have a few little boobies growing in and black folks will call you fast. So anyway, Cecily was like, yeah, I was fast. Um, in all the definitions, I was fast. And I'm actually okay with the fact that I was fast. So she brings up a good point about how our community will view quote unquote fast girls so she was fast she was making some decisions that were ahead of her age for instance she would sneak and like smoke weed with some of the boys and there was a neighbor of hers who was much older than her he was completely grown and he found her attractive mind you this was a child she was 13 my son is currently 13 his little classmates are 13 and 14 ain't nothing attractive about a 13 or 14 year old But this grown neighbor found her attractive. And so they commenced to having a sexual relationship. And so she's looking back and she's like, yes, I was fast. And yes, I had consensual sex with him. Like I wanted to do it. But why would I be judged so harshly? But he was not. Like, why are people missing the fact that no grown man should find a 13-year-old girl attractive. Whether I am saying, come on, come take my clothes off or not, like, I mean, she didn't say that part, so this is not a direct quote. I'm elaborating a little bit. But basically, like, it doesn't matter if I stood in front of him butt naked, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little girl or I was a little girl. His grown adult mind should not have found that attractive and that there is the problem and is the crime. You know, Could there have been more guidance on her life? I'm sure there could have been. When I look back on my life, let's see, 13, where was I? Eighth grade, I, eighth grade would have been Inman Middle School. I probably lived in West End, Atlanta, and I probably was riding the bus, the martyr train and bus all by myself to and from school and to and from picking up my little brother, which means I was you know, free to talk to who I wanted to. Sometimes I would go straight home and sometimes I would stop downtown at the underground. And I didn't have a shortage of grown men trying to talk to me. Matter of fact, I know there was a time that I invited one of these grown men to the house during a yard sale that my mother and I were having. My grandmother was there too. My grandmother is the only person that saw something wrong with this person pulling up. Now, I don't know if my mama was just spacing out like I really don't know where her brain was at but she didn't have a lot to say opposed to this man pulling up now mind you he pulled up in a brand new car too so and I don't remember his name nor how old he was I just remember this incident and my grandma basically like berating me for having any kind of interaction with him I also remember the chat line now I might be dating myself a little bit I don't know if y'all are 80s babies or if every city had this. I would assume that every city did. But we had a chat line. And you could call this number. It's like an 800 number. And there was all these people in there talking. And you could push different numbers to end up in different chat rooms. So there would be all kinds of conversations. In my young, dumb brain, these people were safe. Well, 
to a certain extent, right? So you would listen and you would talk to certain people and like you could push buttons and maybe you and him would end up falling. And I say him, but it didn't really matter who it was. You and whoever it was that you were trying to talk to would end up falling into a chat room that nobody else was in. So it was almost like you're having a private conversation, except for the fact if somebody came into the room and they just wanted to listen, they possibly could. But you can exchange numbers, whatever, like you can figure out ways to continue conversating with these people. And so my young dumb brain would make me believe that I had this amazing radar for unsafe people. And so I would meet people in the chat rooms. We would somehow figure out a way to communicate longer. And then ultimately I met up with a couple of them. Looking back, I want to smack the crap out of Kanisha Tillman, the young Kanisha Tillman, because there were so many opportunities that I could have been snatched. I could have been forced to enter in sex trafficking, which Atlanta has a high um rate of right actually there was a couple of times that I think I almost was I know one time my friend and I ended up at a hotel quote-unquote hotel party it was a motel and it was like one of the raggedier ones there was a waffle house sitting in front of it and when we got there I knew I felt extremely uncomfortable there was some nonsense going on where they were like either watching porn or shooting a porn and her and her other friend went in and I called my adult boyfriend to come pick me up craziness crazy craziness I want to say it was out on old national too if I remember right anyway I wanted to say so Cecily talks about these different experiences as she was coming up and her interactions with adult men and how the the weight was always on the young women whether it was her peers or other women for the weight was always on the women to to act like they knew better to mind their manners, to, if they engaged in sexual relationships with people they shouldn't have, it was always their fault and never the man's fault. Didn't matter if they were children at the time, it was never the male's fault. And I was like, that's really interesting because I can relate. That is so true. I can look back at so many situations, like the ones I kind of just listed with you all, where this has happened and there was no, there was no recourse for the men, honestly. Um... I even lost my virginity to a grown man. Let's see. I was, I think, yeah, I was 15 and he was 25 and he had been, he had been grooming me. So I had no idea what that meant. No idea at all. I met him on a martyr bus. He lived at the end of the line. I was on the bus that was headed home and he lived at the end of the line and he asked me for my number and I was so flattered and blah, 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 young and dumb. And we talked on the phone and we met up a couple times and my friend went with me a time or two and she met his friend and I don't know what happened in the room when we got separated that time. Um, but you know, we talked for a couple months. So of course, again, with my excellent unsafe people radar, I thought that this person was safe. Was the relationship a little bit different? Was it something that maybe not everybody would like? Yes, but I was mature for my age. And so of course he liked me. This is what my young dumb brain said. Not that he was actually a pedophile. And so she talks about that in the book. She's like, I read all these pamphlets. You know, people had given me plenty of talks. My friends and I had talked about creeps and pedophiles, but we always had a different visual for what they looked like. These look like creepy people standing in a dark corner of the alley or, you know, you, you come up with these myths of what these people look like and you have no idea that they're like your neighbor or 
the cute adult man sitting on the back of the bus. Like, he's still technically a pedophile. But for some reason, your brain doesn't compute that because that's not what your, you know, your parents, your aunties, the the women in your community told you to look for. So you end up in these situations. And if anybody finds out, well, it's it's bad on you. Like, you should have known better. So I found that whole um, concept interesting. And then she went on to talk about her sexuality. And she was like, one of the parts she says something to the extent of like, she doesn't necessarily call herself gay or at some point in her life she didn't call herself gay or bisexual she just says that she's not straight and she felt like saying that she was pansexual was too pretentious so she leans towards just titling herself as not straight because she finds a variety of bodies and genders um attractive and I mean I can blame it on where I'm from like I can blame it on the fact that I'm from Atlanta or I could just probably say that it's probably always been in me. I am not going to say I'm pansexual because I don't think I'm attracted to everybody. But I definitely think there are a variety of genders that I might find myself attracted to. My friend who is gay, um, she is a lesbian. She doesn't have any qualms about her identity as a lesbian. She don't have any confusion. She says she's straight up and down a lesbian, right? We were discussing this the other day and um, we were talking about the different types of not necessarily bodies, but like styles I would be attracted to. And as she was asking me questions, it really had me thinking because majority of the time I don't really think about that. I was, you know, just like most young people, especially if they came up during the 80s, we are conditioned to like the opposite sex. So I am very much so just like, oh, well, I like guys, you know, and that's pretty much always what my conversation consists of is like a heteronormative conversation. But if honestly, that's not completely me. Like I like some girls, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I obviously like girls that have different styles of presenting, presenting themselves, but nobody had really ever asked me to think about it until that conversation just happened the other day. So then when I'm listening to the audiobook and we get to that chapter and I'm like, Oh my goodness is this book really my best friend? Like she has had to go through some internal integration, I guess you could call it herself to kind of, you know, identify what she is or what she isn't and what she is or is not attracted to. And then what that means. And like, does it deserve any titles? What title would it be? And I haven't gotten to the point where I'm adding titles. I don't, I don't even know if I'm interested in adding titles. Yeah, I'll have to think more about that. We might come back to that. Let's see. What else was in the book? Um, oh, she was a sex worker. She was a sex worker. And she said, even though she has told a lot about her sexuality, her, you know, ideas of um, other people's sexuality or like, whole shit and like all this other stuff, she said she would she's most apprehensive about talking about the times in her life where she performed is that how you say it performed sex work I'm assuming that's how you say it and um she talks a lot about the negative connotation around it she talks a little bit about like how it's one of the oldest industries in the world like people have always been selling sex um and she was like sometimes 
the idea we have in our head of what sex work looks like is not actually what it is in reality. So in the book, she talks a lot about like, well, not a lot, but she goes into how she got started, um, how she did her research, what sex work looked like for her and why she chose to do it. And she describes herself as always being on that whole shit. She said somewhere in her, she's always had whole shit in her, but she doesn't say it in a negative way. She's basically said that she's always been in tune with her sexual energy. And aside from the negative connotation that society puts around it, she does not necessarily feel any, um, I guess, shame in how she has always expressed herself. And I thought that was really dope. I thought hearing someone talk about their sex life and their sexuality and how they have done some um, internal reflecting, how they've looked back on their life um, in this kind of new, fresh way. Right. And like she also compares like rap songs and how the trend and how rappers show up even and like their what they talk about she compares that to how she evolved through life um and what songs kind of inspired her or what songs she takes certain lyrics from and gets certain meanings from like uh city girls and of course cardi and mega the stallion um they're all included in this book as far as their lyrics and even some of the male rappers um who was she talking about? Oh, y'all know what? I'm so old. I don't remember a lot of these rappers' names. But she was talking about how they show up in not necessarily gender-conforming clothing anymore. And how that's like becoming more and more trendy. And how some generations are having a hard time with it. And being very um, phobic. Yep, I don't think I said that right. But basically being disrespectful and not really moving along with the times. And I could definitely see that. I think um, I have found some of it to be not necessarily. I think I found some of it to catch me off guard. That's what I would say. And I would see him. And I'm like, oh, OK, he's wearing a skirt and he's rapping. Uh, Interesting. All right. You know, it wasn't. When you say a rapper, you don't necessarily expect this guy in a skirt with pink nails or pink hair and things like that. But why? Right. So she goes into some of that and talks about like how even seeing that in the pop culture and in our rap community and things like that, how that has also affected her and how she decides to present, not necessarily like trying to copy or whatever, but just like, huh, they're doing that and I'm doing this. Okay. It must be like a vibe type thing. I don't know if I'm explaining it well. I feel like at this point I'm kind of rambling, but it wouldn't be me if I didn't, right? And to make this all hair related. Basically, there is no making it hair related. It's not hair related. And you know what? That's all right. Because the hair still grows out of my head and I'm a whole ass person. And sometimes I'm going to have something else to talk about than just hair. So until the next time, y'all stay moisturized. <laughs>